Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to Only Stupid Answers. Thank you for contributing your time and your money if you're part of patreon.com slash only stupid answers. Again, this is Only Stupid Answers, a series of a podcast where Sam Basher and DJ Waldridge... That's me. Collaborate and come together to talk about movies, yes. TV shows, yes. comic books, yes. video games, and more. DJ, mm-hmm. how are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. How are you Coming doing? Coming smooth. You're smooth and silky today. As butter. Coming in with the smooth and silky. You know what I've always wanted to do? What? Be buttered up and thrown down a water slide. Wouldn't that be cool? Are you serious? Yeah, one with a jump. That goes no, into a pool. Same. Butter me up. <laughs> Come Sam, on. based off conversations we've had before, that buttering up process, what do you think that would do to your pores? Butter it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. My pores would be buttered up inside out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get what you're saying. Are you not like, not like lubed up, but butter? Specifically? I get, keep, the, keep the aloe vera scrub and the moisturizer ready. All right, yeah, yeah, boys yeah. and girls? There's, no, there's got to be someone out there that just rubs butter into their pores. They're like, it works. Um, so... Uh, as Sam mentioned, you can support us, or if you want more content from us, go to patreon.com slash only stupid answers. You can also check out youtube.com slash only stupid answers or youtube.com slash might be awesome, where you can check out our movie reviews. But we like to start off every episode talking about what we're into this week. The big thing for both of us is Esmond. Is Esmond, yes. Esmond, specifically, yes. because they're going. Where you grew up. Yeah, they're going through a big, massive relaunch. So we're going to dive into X-Men. And also, you know, we'll probably circle back around to the fact that they're going to be in the movie soon. I just, I don't know for sure, but I feel like I can make a safe bet that that might come up. There you go. Um, So we're going to be talking about X-Men. But Sam, do you have anything un-X-Men related? Well, this week. Yes. I read absolute carnage it's the big donny oh, yeah. cakes uh, event for the summer uh cletus cassidy aka carnage uh is talking with like this venom god thing oh sweet christ it is it is crazy it is they they are trying to tie up all the crazy symbiote stuff that's happened over the long time yeah, yeah. And i think they're just trying to like let's make this easier to understand what's happening right now and they by introducing uh, uh the demon the, space guy basically like now since everyone's disconnected now yeah. now it's all connected up to one thing and now yeah. there's either venom or spider-man and then carnage and everybody else yeah, so yeah. basically it's like that's it and then they're like okay so everyone here is dead and these are the people that are alive and we're gonna figure it out from there we'll make it easy to when get. you say them you're talking about the other symbiotes it, more complicated. Oh, you'll, okay, you'll, gotcha, you'll, okay. Anyone who's worn one, who's ever gotcha. been like bonded to is one, is dead. No, no, no. Okay. no they'll, they'll clear it up, and so you understand who's on what on the side of the angels or not. And, gotcha, the, and gotcha, in this, gotcha. it's uh, Ryan Stegman, and he's great, uh, amazing artist. Donny Cates, the writer, and I've never seen him draw, draw uh, Spider-Man, Peter Parker before. Big fan, yeah. big fan. He. You see him and Venom team up a lot, and also I just like the lo- the layout of the entire book is beautiful. Cool and. Um, I'll say you get like a prison break scene, yeah. which is crazy. Carnage is a goddamn nightmare. But yeah. besides being a serial killer that has like its, its own symbiote, this yeah. one is like, what if a serial killer died and came back, but was still using the corpse that died a long time ago? Mm-hmm. And it's like a symbiote. So you're like, yeah. yuck. <laughs> That's Maybe gross. I should give it a look-see because I remember growing up, Maximum Carnage was a big thing. Around when I was oh, coming up with comics, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, you, it, yeah, I, I'm, I'm. Did you ever pick up any of Donny Cates' Venom? I did. I wasn't a huge fan of the, the whole Null stuff and all that it, kind of a thing. So, so far, what yeah. they're what they're pitching in this is that Carnage it needs to basically extract this little. Anytime anyone paired with a symbiote. They yeah. a little bit stayed behind. That's why they're able to keep track of where they've been and who is who. Like, yeah. So they leave a little bit. If Carnage goes and gets that yeah. and gets enough of it, he can talk to Null. But he can't do it. So that's not part of the story. It's just 
Venom and Spider-Man playing keep away and trying to protect people so that Carnage cannot get to him. So it's just those two working against Carnage and him being able to turn whoever he wants into someone that works for him. And it's scary. Also, his his design is is basically like a skeleton. And it's also crazy to me. This occurred to me um, because there's been a lot of ads for it and a lot of push, push for it. That a big, there's a big, massive Marvel event built around Venom. Like that's crazy because it's not. I, I guess Maximum Carnage did pull in other other superheroes did join Spider Man, but the only like the only like big one outside of like the Spider Man line was Captain America. They, so it wasn't like a it was a Spider Man event. It wasn't like a line wide. They did Marvel Venomize event. last year. Which yeah, was but that's not, not the good. same. Yeah, that's not, not the good. same as like a like a. Um, uh, Wow, I just blanked on literally every Marvel event ever. It's like a Secret Wars or a Secret Invasion or like one of those events. That's like just one of those like it's when they did like Web of the Spider Verse or whatever. You know what I mean? It's not everybody, but this is like a this is kind of like an all hands on deck Marvel event. Like um, uh, Original Sin. That's the one I was trying to think of. Or what was the one uh, War of the Realms? This is of that caliber, right? Mm-hmm. That's crazy to me. Um, I also so worth worth checking out. Yeah. Real, I highly recommend it. I, I if if, it, if they still got copies at my shop when I go in, I'll I'll see if I can pick up an issue next week. And uh, Daredevil is amazing. Really like what Chip Zdarsky is doing with that with that book. Uh, I've been just like lightly, not like heavily rereading Giant Days. Like not from the beginning, yeah. just kind of picking up. Like I I started rereading it like a year ago, then I stopped. Yeah. And then I'm like kind of picking it up like. Uh, once a week, I might read a little bit of an issue, and yeah. it's just it's a nice one. But this week, there's a lot of good comics. The other, only other one, uh, besides the Immortal Hulk, that one's yeah. just always going to be so goddamn good. But the one I wanted to mention, did I just lose it? Did I did did you just I, delete it? Did, uh, did I just lose <laughs> it? <laughs> cosmic, excuse me, DJ, don't do that. <laughs> it's Cosmic Ghost Rider. There's no it's like way to know. Blame, it's like when you blame the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider. It's the end of the, it's an, the, end of the run. Yeah. Cosmic Ghost Rider uh, changes Marvel's history or rewrites Marvel's Destroys history. Marvel history this, yeah. That's what it is, yeah. And Paul Shear, uh, a comedy legend, host of... Um, how did this get made? Yeah. You've seen him. You mm-hmm. you have seen him before. Yeah. Uh, was the you writer. know this man? Um, and the way that they button up the series, where it's like they perfectly make it that it this could have happened, but when you find out the point of view of this entire story, you're like, oh, this is a lie <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because yeah. you were alive. Yeah. You probably didn't do any of this. Yeah, I like the end of it where it's like, no, no, no. This is your drunk uncle telling you about like, did you know that I went to school with Elvis Presley? And yeah. he was like, do you know I was the one that told him to do the mo- the dance move? That's what the gist of the story That's is. That's great. And so by the end of it, it's him telling Beta Ray Bill right before Guardians 1. And nice. they're in a bar together like that. I was there for Original Sin. You weren't there. Yeah. He's like, you weren't there. I was I there. Know. And he's like a little drunk. I'm like, this, all this is such a nice way to kind of uh, like wipe away any negative things that could have happened from the yeah. story. It made it very fun. I really That's liked cool. all of it. His Spider-Man issue is the best one. Nice. 100%. Where like Venom and Spider-Man are like naked and like on a beach like fighting each other because like, like their suits got ripped or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I'm going to fucking pound you into the ground. And in the background, you just see Cosmic Ghost Rider in a boat like listening. You're like, can you even hear yourselves right now? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to ream you, dude. Yeah. That's great. Uh, and it's so... Funny because everything is just tangential. It's always like, well, I actually introduced this. It's like, no. oh, you didn't, you didn't yeah, yeah. do that. Like they just did that. Anyways, no way. It's so really good for me. For what I'm into this week is I started checking out. There's a podcast called Pure Cinema that is run by the people that do the new Beverly, um, which is the theater that Quentin Tarantino runs. And apparently, the from what I understand, this podcast is they they run through. Um, the movies they're going to be showing each month or however, how many times they do this podcast of the programming schedule and what the movies are and what they mean to people and why they're showing them. But, uh, and the person that does the programming is Quentin Tarantino. And so this, this time he's actually on the episode of the podcast, so it's a three hour episode. So I haven't gotten through all of it yet. Um, because the programming he did was in lead up to once upon a time in Hollywood stuff that like fleshes out his, the, the type of movies that influenced it. So, like, in the movie, they mentioned the 14 Fists of McCluskey. Uh, they show the movie that kind of is loosely an inspiration for that World War II guys on a mission movie. Um, uh, showing movies of other TV stars that kind of sort of had a movie career, like Leonardo DiCaprio's character in the movie. Stuff like that. Yeah. Um, 
and it's really fascinating. And it's one of those where you're listening to it. It's interesting to listen to Quentin Tarantino talk. Uh, period. Yeah, he's got for an interesting voice. Yeah, one hundred percent. But also for a long period of time because it's like, oh, you're just a film. You're just a movie nerd. Like you're just one hundred percent just a movie nerd. But it's one of those like you go in and you're like. I feel like I'm reasonably knowledgeable about movies. I feel like I'm passionate about movies. And then you listen to this, you're like, oh, I don't, one, I don't know anything. And two, clearly I don't love movies as much as I think I do because they're, the the level. This person exists. Yeah, yeah, because not just, you know, Tarantino, but the people that host the podcast that like run the New Beverly, like they're talking about these movies is like, oh, I don't know anything. Yeah. Well, I'm a I'm a big old idiot. You yeah. know what I mean? Like every once in a while, they'll throw out a Roger Corman. Like, oh, I, I know who that is. I know Roger Corman. Um, he helped Steven Spielberg make Jurassic Park. <laughs> mm, don't think that, I know that, that that Roger Corman. Um, <laughs> and it's it's just interesting. It's just really fascinating to listen to people that um, Tarantino in particular who's able to just rattle off like names and information and facts and backstories. And it's like, where's all? For the love of God, where's all the sword? Like, seriously. <laughs> um, by the way, I found out that, like, classic movie trope of, like, say, the past 20 years, Wilhelm yeah. Scream. It's yeah, 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 yeah. Inserting that into movies, TV shows, commercials, I any video I will say, games. I think the funniest use of it in a while was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because it is because of the meta nature of how it's used in that movie. When was that used? It's Roughly. in, I think it's in um, the, a shot from Bounty Law when he, sh- and this is an aspect oh, yes. I love about it, is he, he recreates the type of shows but then he because this isn't meant to be a historically accurate anything he heightens it because it's like the guy gets shot and it's like oh he's going to fall through but he falls through another roof and then that's when the Wilhelm scream happens it's it was pretty funny I found out that may have been introduced by Quentin Tarantino it, really he did not create it yeah. but it was and I listened to a podcast called Every Little Thing I've recommended it before yeah. they didn't like a deep dive they're like what is it like what, what's that what's the original one and yeah. I think it's from a if I remember correctly it was a jungle adventure movie where someone gets attacked by an alligator and he makes that sound but the sound was um, was just some ADR they did to have some yells yeah. to put into a scene so when they did the scene they added it in there and they think they found the scream that happened and they also that made that is now the Wilhelm scream and since Quentin Tarantino is such a movie buff yeah. he remembered that specific sound I think it was an alligator or someone on a horse that got dragged it was like something got attacked by an animal and they made that noise and so uh, and then he took that and he started inserting it into movies and because pe- movie fans became a fan of Quentin Tarantino yeah. and then started making movies that got kind of dispersed out and it was like fun that they just put in yeah. but also it could have been used before that on a more regular basis but that is when people started recognizing that's more. interesting that's fascinating it's it's crazy because like you talk about it being a movie fan but it's it's just it's beyond that like oh. it's um um I, I saw an interview with him i didn't even watch the full interview i was just scrolling and i, I scrolled past it with leonardo dicaprio and quentin tarantino and somebody asked leonardo dicaprio questions like i don't know he's the one with the photographic memory and i couldn't tell whether it was a joke or not but it might not be with the uh, with the level of detail he's able to um recount and and pull out information like i'm even trying to remember specific things that are mentioned from this podcast i literally just listened to and i can't remember like other than like if you want a detailed description of like what tab hunter was up to or who that guy even is you know what i mean um but i know tarantino's talked about um you know obviously he's been very vocal about we're we're retiring after 10 10. movies which that number's fudged a little bit because technically he's already kind of done 10 but whatever um and he's like, yeah, maybe I'll write, you know, film history books or stuff like that. It's like, yeah, you should like 100% because this is, it's fascinating Teach a class. Could you imagine? Yeah. 100% because it's, it's listening to, um, and it's also interesting as somebody that, that admires filmmakers and would like to be a filmmaker and all that stuff. You know, he talks like a normal person talks, like he stutters, he says, um, but then he, he, early on, he des- describes his movie as, as if he were kind of like pitching it to somebody and he, he clicks into that storyteller moment and is like, that's why you're successful. That ability to like, because the way he lays out the information, you're like, yeah, I'd want to, if I were a producer, I'd want to make that movie. Yeah. Here's the money. You know what I mean? At least like, you meet with him. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, and, and so it's just, if, 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 you, if you like movies or even if you think you like movies, because I thought I liked movies, but now I'm questioning uh, everything, uh, I would recommend Pure Cinema, the episode with Quentin Tarantino, um, and because it is it is kind of like a nice little archive of 
also real film geek stuff talking about like they'll everyone because they play film uh, like actual film prints at, and talking about yeah. like every once in a while there'll be a little aside the, at the at the new beverly they'll be like how's the quality of the print oh my quality my print quality is the best and it's Whoa. like the, and it's like i didn't even this whole world i didn't know like they're trading like film prints with joe dante and shit and it's like cool. like this is this is some deep level rich movie nerd shit that i don't even it's next level yeah it's yeah. like light light example you know when they have grades for comics when they're just yeah like, i have literally no fucking idea what i'm looking at yeah here. the closest i get to is like i might i don't put bags and boards in my comics because fuck that shit the only time I'll do that is like Naomi number one. It's like that. I like this enough that earns a bag and board for me. You know what I mean? Just because I want to want to keep it nice. That's as much of a collector as I am. Yeah. Uh, really quick. Wanted to correct myself. Yes. I did look it up. I was right that it was from a jungle movie, 1950s. Someone yeah. being attacked by an alligator. It's Gary Cooper, I believe. And yeah. he got dragged under. First time it was used by sound designer Ben Burt, because it was in the Warner Library labeled as man being eaten by alligator. <laughs> and it was used uh, in a shot with Luke Skywalker uh, when a stormtrooper fell off a ledge. Yeah. And that was used. But then Tarantino is also part of that, uh, part of that history of trying to cir- uh, circulate that more. So... To be fair, it was in a George Star- Lucas film, yeah. and then uh, Spielberg used it, Tarantino used it, so people started noticing it, and now it became a it. well-known Easter egg that people put into films. It's a, it's lost a little bit of its yeah, it's, and magic. It, it, you got to find a creative way to like integrate it. Like I think Once Upon a Time on Hollywood did a good job of it, but otherwise it's just like ugh. the Ratchet and Clank movie had a good joke with it. Nice. I, I did not laugh a lot of that movie. Yeah, but, but the, the one what? joke: a guy accidentally tumbled out of a window and hit, he made the Wilhelm scream happens, and his friend goes, "Wilhelm, no!" And it was like, "Who the fuck's that for?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I laughed, and that's I was a like, "Very, that's a very uh, niche <laughs> joke." But yeah, it's it's cool to like. I don't know. It's cool to learn a little bit about about film history and about like where um, the culture around stuff because they go into the like the granular detail of these actors of like that were leading men in the fifties uh, or even the early sixties, and then there's a huge culture shift to where like the leading men had longer hair and they were skinnier and they were more effeminate and all this stuff. And so if you were one of those guys that was like tough guy leading leading guy in our old cowboy show, like you're done man you're done and um even a specific story um and and i I appreciate obviously especially of people of my generation quentin tarantino is off ripped off director stylistically Mm -hmm. but i think what makes anything stand out uh it's it's a lesson they actually bring up in the better call Saul tv show to sell a lie it's all in the details but that's true of any story any narrative you're selling so like hearing Tarantino go into the like all the backstory he had for uh it's Rick Dalton right Leonardo DiCaprio's mm-hmm. character um like the and it's even mentioned in the movie how the the role in 14 Fists of McCluskey was supposed to go to Fabian but he hurt his shoulder on the thing apparently the the Roger Corman war movie that it was roughly tangential to what 14 Fists of McCluskey was supposed to represent Tarantino didn't even know the same thing happened they had a guy that was supposed to be the lead but instead of hurting himself they were shooting in like Czechoslovakia or something he met a girl there and he just ran off he just ran off so they had to call the guy that ended up being the actual leading guy they had to call him last minute and like oh guess what you're in the movie come out here um, and so it's just little little shit like that. It's just uh, so interesting. It, 100%. Did you, did you mention the reference? Uh, Timothy Oliphant's character, head of Lance, the guy who yeah. leads Lancer, that person he is portraying, the way he died, and there's a nod to it no. in the movie. So do you remember? Oh, motorcycle? Is it Because there's that one shot where they, they very long. specifically showed, like, he gets on a motorcycle. I'm like, that's weird. Yeah, he, he died in a motorcycle. Oh, accident. no. And so they Thank were... Thank God Timothy so, Oliphant's still with us. And I think, a, I think it's supposed to be a reference to, like, me in this alt history. Yeah. That didn't happen. Yeah. Um, but who knows? You know, like, it didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But that is a reference to that. I think I was meeting with some of the Skybound guys, and they mentioned that. But... Um, that is that sounds like a very interesting podcast. And I think what it's was what, again was uh, pure cinema. Pure and it's cinema. one of those things that like I feel like once upon a time in Hollywood could very easily feel masturbatory. Mm-hmm. But because of the amount of specificity, level of detail, and not only affection, but willing to be like 
like Rick and Cliff are not great people. And I don't think the movie, I think, I think people came out of that movie thinking that like, wait, was I supposed to think those are good? They're not good people. They're not bad people. They're good. They're good friends. They're good friends. And there's, and they have likable qualities and they're also portrayed by incredibly likable actors, but they're not necessarily good dudes. You know what I mean? And, um, and, and so that willingness to be like, these were people that lived in this time. Like, like if you lived in that time, like now Bruce Lee's Bruce Lee. But at the time, he was just the second guy on Green Hornet. You know what I mean? Like that's it. Like, he was not just at that time. Maybe well, well, in the flashback, because he but in the flashback, he's in Green Hornet. You know oh. what I mean? So he was just the guy on Green Hornet. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and and also the fact that like uh, the uh, Charles Manson was just that weirdo that came by the house the one day, and Sharon Tate was a person in movies. They did were. You, did you know he has like a really big tie to the Beach Boys? Yes. Yeah, that was a weird history. It for is. Me to, I mean, besides like his Beatles obsession. Yeah. Which. It's a bummer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially Helter Skelter because I like that song. I'm no. like, fuck this. Fuck you. It's, how many, it's crazy how many sociopaths were failed artists. Him, Hitler, like. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Doesn't excuse it. Doesn't no, excuse I'll it. Be Weird, weirdly, doesn't C- excuse come it. Come to the conclusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we spent a lot of time thinking about it and it turns out doesn't excuse it. So we're talking about movies that have come out this year. Another yes. movie came out this year. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you know my segue? No. X-Men Dark Phoenix. Oh, oh, snap. That did come out this year. It completely did. left my brain. Nah. I remember the end because... Yeah. I don't remember the end of the movie. I remember, I remember the, the end. end of the situation that we that we had. Yeah, a little fire yeah. alarm. Yeah. Boop, boop. <laughs> we should have been evacuated. Yeah. Thank you to the staff that didn't <laughs> that didn't do that. But yes, let's go ahead and hop into yes. X-Men. Because we talked a little bit about comics. Yeah. Talked a little bit about movies. Yeah. So let's talk about the comics and movies regarding the X-Men. Yes. So I want to, let's kick it off with uh, DJ. DJ, yeah. what's your history with the X-Men? What's the first? Did you read a comic first? Did you play a video game? first? You know what? I think my if I would really go with my earliest memory, it actually would probably be picking up a copy of X Men One, the Jim Lee. I think it's Chris Claremont, Jim Lee. Sounds like a cool team. Uh, um, X Men One um, that it, I think might to this day be the best selling comic of all time. Really? Something like something crazy like that, um, and. I bought it in like a grocery store back in the days when comics were, yeah, it was Chris Claremont and um, Jim Lee on art. Um, and I remember I had two copies that I ended up, there was a kid in uh, elementary school that was totally gaming me. Like he trades, I was like, I want that extra figure. And then I trade him. And then as I got older, I realized I traded him more valuable action figures for his less valuable ones. And it's still, I'm going to be honest, it still sings a little oh, bit. Well, we've been, I've been in a similar situation. But, but, I did find out because X-Men number one, that was right at the speculator height of the speculator boom, because it's like the best selling. It's not worth everybody. Literally you, you don't even know about it. You probably, if you just looked in your parents, under your parents' bed, there's probably a copy of X-Men one by Chris Claremont and Jim Lee there. Uh, but anyway, I think I picked that up. And then beyond that, the cartoon, the nineties cartoon, mm-hmm. like, of course, you know what I mean? They had reruns of the cartoon. And I think the first, my first, actual introduction where i knew what i was watching like i yeah. was fully aware were um where the was the first movie with hugh jackman because yeah. i didn't know what it i didn't know anything about the movie going into my brother and sister invited me and i remember the first like cage match match scene in canada and you're like super confused like this girl sucks the life out of people yeah. and this guy's got claws or something yeah and when it i don't know about you but as a growing up the finding out that the claws weren't the power the healing was the power and the claws were like an ancillary thing yeah. like oh what yeah i was yeah. super confused i thought yeah. the claws were the power and the healing was the thing that like yeah. made it work made anything work but yeah. yeah it was um that that comic that, that movie felt really cool because it was around a similar time uh like uh the first harry potter movie came out like after it i believe if i'm remembering the timetable correctly yeah um that it felt very similar that idea especially for like a young kid like me sam Bashur, yeah. uh going out and uh, uh watching movies where these kids had these larger than life experiences and were able to like go up against like threats and they had powers and they do yeah. all this cool stuff and everyone looks cool everyone's very pretty in the x-men movies mm-hmm. and in the first movie it had some very scary elements to when it the dude melts yeah that yeah. one as a kid i was like well he's fine <laughs> Because later just, just you saw Mystique like with the with the eye glow, and you're yeah. like, mm, I know you're telling me that's not the guy, yeah. but in my brain, I'm gonna justify. He's it. just that's okay. The guy. Yeah, he's just okay. There must be two of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there yeah, must yeah. have been. That must have been something else. Um, yeah, no, that was my first interaction with it, and then I in Saturday morning like Fox animated cartoons, they'd play the old the like the '90s X Men yeah. cartoon, and as a kid, being yeah. totally honest, 
I they never play in chronological order, nope. so I'd always watch it out of order, and it always made me angry because you get like this Nightcrawler origin episode that I watched like ninety goddamn yep. times, and I never saw any other can episode. I, can I be honest with you? As as a kid, when it was airing, uh-huh. it was pretty much the same way. Like I didn't; it was impossible to like follow from because they wouldn't wouldn't air it in order. You know what I mean? Or or as a kid, you don't know no. TV yeah. schedules. Like, I, how am I supposed to keep up with that? I will, however, say I think actually there was an earlier memory the memory that I forgot. And it was this VHS of a failed X-Men pilot called Pride of the X-Men that I believe came with an action figure I got. Uh, and it was a pilot that eventually led to the 90s cartoon, but it was made in 1989. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, Dazzler was on. The, oh, did you ever play the uh, side-scrolling X-Men beat-em-up arcade game? Uh, not to brag. Yeah, uh, a lot. Some people before recession and money means mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah, but I had a rich uncle, and he one of his weird purchases was that console. So I played uh, it at his house, and it the, was he had the whole the, the whole cabinet four, four player. I'm so jealous. Oh yeah, as a kid, I would play I'm it constantly. So jealous. I was so bad at it. Also, it only had like the first two levels there, but like yeah, 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 it, yeah. it was still really cool. But but that that lineup. So Dazzler was on the team inexplicably. Like um, you, had, you get Wolverine, Colossus, you get and, but Nightcrawler. Wolverine had like an Australian accent for some reason. Why not? Um, and so that and I think that was Storm. why because in those cartoons, showing Wolverine's healing power, you it's it's gross. You know what I mean. So that's why I didn't the healing power didn't click didn't mean anything to me because I'd never really seen it as a kid. It's not until like, you know, the movies it's PG thirteen, you're allowed the same like cuts and blood and all that stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Um but I, I still I still probably have that VHS somewhere and I still have fond memories of it because it also has the Brotherhood of Mutants with like Juggernaut and um was Pyro White, Pyro definitely was White Queen in there? She might have been Mystique's in it. And it's like in Pride of the X Men. Oh no, no, sorry, I'm thinking of the sky side scrolling. There was okay. There it was makes sense. Mystique. Mystique's in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get Magneto because he's got like the yes. ball of electricity. It's and then like, Asteroid M and all that craziness. All that shit. Yeah. That Sentinels. You get everything. Yep. Oh, it's a it's a mess. Well, yeah. looking at it, you're like, this can't be fun. But then you get into it, and it's still fun. I'm glad that all the barcades in LA, they still every one of them. And like a two mile radius has that, and you can go and play. Oh man, I need to go find one of those arcade games. I'm sure you can get it on like a virtual console or an something. Emulator, yeah, for free. You yeah, yeah. Do don't maybe that's illegal. I don't know. So don't do it or do do it. Wink, wink. You, yeah. go, you go to jail. I didn't endorse anything. Yeah, unless it's legal. Um, <laughs> you know, cover all my bases. Yeah. Uh, you can't get me. Um, but no, yeah, that was my first. But I think the moment where I thought it was cool like yeah. really cool was I watched an episode of X-Men Evolution I never could find it again but I liked it as a kid because it really leaned into the Hogwarts aspect and I think I think X-Men Evolution is underrated because it, it, it was a good way to pitch all these characters well and originally when Stanley created them they were teenagers at a school like we always hear Xavier University but you watch those movies they're all like 40 year olds you mm-hmm. know what I mean and so none they, of the cool ones are kids well it, it makes sense that Wolverine and Storm wouldn't because that seems weird, you know what I mean? But Cyclops, Jean Grey, Rogue, and the, the way they laid out stories, I actually think really worked. And the, and the idea that they had to go to like a normal high school, and then like Xavier's school was like where they learned to use the powers. So you still have that all high school drama. I think it's underrated. I, it's a it's a solid show. So I watched a little bit of that. Yeah, I remember that sticking with me. Kind of like that weird three D uh, MTV Spider Man show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With Neil all, Patrick Harris is like Peter Parker. I, the only episode I ever saw of that was the Electro one, and it's just burned into my brain. Mm-hmm. It, the, again, they only made like six episodes of that show. Yep. that's the only one that aired whenever I turned on MTV. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, the uh, Oh X Men two. Because you get Nightcrawler. That yeah. opening scene, uh, I know the Corridor crew online did like a breakdown of how, how they could have pulled this off. Yeah. And even then, I'm just like, it's multiple stuntmen and like editing them out and like using simple ways of like yeah. hiding them. Or it's like you do like pre-res stuff. And it's like all, all of it is looks yeah. time-consuming and tiresome, especially the tail. The yes. tail on Nightcrawler, you're like, that's crazy. Because then as a kid, you're like, yeah, I don't want like the scars that he put on his face. Yeah. But like he's got... Like cool ears, and he's got the tail, and, and he's he like teleport. he can teleport, and he can hang upside down if he wants to. Like yeah. literally everything about him is cool. Yeah. Nightcrawler's fucking rad, and so that that was really cool. And also that's when Magneto teamed up with everybody. And I'm yeah. like, and, and it made mutants whatever you wanted it to be. Yeah, know? and also you had Striker as a bad guy, and he's still one of my favorite of those movie bad guys. Brian Cox. Too. Brian Cox is so good in that movie. He's such a good actor. And you know what was super fucked up mm. was the one uh, Professor X's kid that they make it torture him yeah no no sorry it's it's, it's uh, Stryker's kid that's who it is yeah, yeah, yeah. and he and Professor, Professor X couldn't really do anything to help him yeah the hot one 
That the visual you get in that movie that is perfect is when he immediately starts uh, trying to mess with them, and you see Xavier standing for just a shot, and yeah. you can see him catch that it's an illusion. Yeah, going back to it's a it's a really man that movie fucking rules. Yeah, it really holds up. I actually think overall, barring a few stinkers, I think the X Men franchise is actually overall more hits than misses. Yeah, but when it does do a a miss, it misses it hard. Really wipes out the rest of the positives. Yeah, like after Dark Phoenix, I'm like. And Apocalypse. I'll yeah, be Apocalypse was not was not great. Um, I, it kind of made me forget that I really liked uh, First Class and Days of Future Past. Yes, and both I liked both Deadpool's and I like Logan. Like I yeah. think that's a lot of really I, good movies. I like the Wolverine. Yeah, I think the like, Wolverine that's a holds lot. Up. That's a good track record. That's yeah. four duds in a series of. Oops, didn't do the math. Oops. Nine, three. No, it's six, nine plus the two Deadpool nine, movies. Nine, ten. Oh, that's right. Eleven, twelve. 12. 12. That's a good number. 10 would Correct be good. Correct me. We don't Should have ended on Logan. Logan was just the perfect out. Per- Logan was the perfect or, button to that franchise. Or keep doing Deadpool 2. After that, that was fine. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But, I guess it's it's weird because it is a part of it, but it doesn't quite feel like it's a part mm-hmm. of it. It does. It's, it's not. Uh, which is now going to work in its favor as they try to integrate that character into the MCU. Hey, good on Colossus because he got into that franchise mm-hmm. and he's going to outlive. He was so underutilized in all those movies and now he's yep. flying high. He's, he's good to go. Great. He's good to go. But yeah, um, X2 is good. Actually, don't, what was the first X-Men movie I saw in theaters was probably X3 unfortunately that is that's a, that blows <laughs> yeah, yeah that's the first X-Men movie I saw in theaters I think that's the first one my parents I think I was able to go see it by myself with yeah. like friends um, yeah we were all disappointed because yeah. it sucks because there's cool moments in it like when Iceman turns all ice and you're like I don't know how he did that yeah. I don't know how that happened and Beast the idea of him was cool and the because casting I didn't, is good and I didn't know who Beast I had never seen him before yeah. so I didn't know what his thing was and it's like it's like Nightcrawler but he can't teleport and I'm like yeah that's not that's not the worst thing in the world we've probably done this before and I've probably asked you before do you have a favorite X-Men? Uh, Nightcrawler he's cool and he's cool. He's not. He's like, overused, it, but he's really cool. His powers are are great, and his personality is really interesting. It's cool to have a character that doesn't want to murder everybody. <laughs> yeah, but when he does have a sword, yeah. always on board with that. Yeah, super fucking cool. It's a cool. Yeah, it's a cool design choice. I think for Almost me, as cool as Will I Am in Oh my God, X Men Origins. Don't even. Don't even, man. It's good that because you have that Nightcrawler sequence in two, and then you have all the Quicksilver sequences in the subsequent movies when he shows up. So you at least get that one sequence that's like really baller. Yeah. Uh, I think for me growing up, obviously my favorite was Wolverine because I was a kid in the 90s. So of course, 100%, he was my favorite. Close runner up. Uh, Of course it was Gambit. Are you kidding me? It was the 90s. Come on. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think as an adult, there's still a part of me that like, even though there's only one, two runs where I really, really love the character, but I love the character so much in those runs and that's Phantom Phantom X. Almost it's, got it. It's so good. It, uh, uh, in Grant Morrison's run, in Rick Remender's run on X-Force, Jason Aaron wrote a one-shot that he was a part of that was really good. And then subsequently, it's just every, every writer's been trying to punish me for liking Phantom X I sense. think he's gone. He's Professor X now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's gone. I don't even know what that means. You yeah, know, I don't, yeah. I, I don't know what he's this so, means. He's such a cool, weird, so weird character. Just uh, a quick pitch. So Phantom X uh, is a master thief. He's weapon thirteen. Um, his main his abilities are hard to describe, but he can create illusions. Mm. Is like the main. Is He's how a they, psychic. Yeah, it's how they kind of manifest himself. His I don't remember. Is it his his nervous system? Is it ship? Like it's a part of his. His, his brain is essentially a ship he can fly around and in. And he's got three brains. Yes. If you wanted to know if it was a Grant Morrison creation or not, that should tip you off right there. Um, and in, in X-Force, Recommended X-Force run, which is one of, still one of my favorite X-Men runs of all time, he's kind of the wild card. He's kind of the one that, like, he's a good guy, but he's willing to do some not great things to keep just keep the ship afloat you know what i mean uh, and and he he's one of those classic like long list of rogues that on the surface 1000 percent, his greatest concern is his himself but yeah sometimes. you know sometimes he'll he'll 
pitch in and, and take one for the team. And it always feels really rewarding when that happens. You're like, ah, there's a heart in there. <laughs> classic, just a classic move to sucker people in. Um, and he looks cool. And what's that multiverse thing? What's the, he's like, he's the only one of him. He's the only, yeah, there's only one Phantom X in the entire multiverse, which is an interesting, and they don't, they don't really dive into it. It's just one of those, the, the uh, Captain Britain Brigade, whatever they're called, uh, is, because uh, they, they guard the multiverse. That's uh, what they do. That is what they do. Yep. Captain Britain. Captain Britain is is the guardian of the multiverse. Alan Moore. You can thank Alan Moore for that. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they decide, in an arc of that series, they decide they have to get rid of Phantom X because he theoretically shouldn't exist. Yeah, it's a pretty cool pitch. Yeah. So Hot damn. That's pretty cool. I mean, overall, that, yeah, that character sounds awesome. By the way, cool X-Men moment. For me, it's a Wolverine moment. But yeah. when... Uh, most recent Savage Savage Avengers number three. Did you see? I that, picked it up, but I haven't. Oh no, I think four is the one I just picked up. That four just came out. Yeah. So three is the one before that, where Wolverine gets knocked out <laughs> and Conan picks him up and swings him around with his claws yep. out like a weapon. Yep, super on board. I actually really like the way. I know it's a gimmick and everything because they've got the rights currently. I like the way they're using Conan in that. It's like old school Thor if he was meaner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess that villains from yeah. False Doom, something. Like yeah, that. that's, that's guy the guy in the green, in the green pajamas. Yeah, it's yeah. a classic, classic Conan villain. But uh, but yeah, so I think the appeal of it's crazy because when we were coming up with me in the '90s and you with the early X Men films, like X Men were untouchable. They were the they were the crown jewel of them and Spider Man were the crown jewel of Marvel. And then um, Kevin Feige had to make hit movies without any of those characters and then he almost through just sheer force of will spit a little bit sorry thank you sheer force of will and maybe magic made the avengers which have never their premier marvel team but like growing up it was like spider-man x-men um and 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 you get excited if it's interesting when like oh captain america showed up or oh iron man showed up in my x-men or spider-man thing and now they're the they are the everything. They sell more. Yeah. I mean, not that X, X-Men aren't trash. It's just he made... To be fair, made, the X-Men have kind of been trash for a while. Yeah, they're not, not great. But I, I have... Let's, let's focus on some runs that we do like. Because yes. I know you mentioned Rick Remender's Uncanny X-Men. And that's... X-Force, yeah. X-Force, sorry. But yeah. that's uh, so popular. It's so good. And it's, it's Who's the artist on that? It, they fluctuate. But Jerome Opeña was the artist on the first run. And he is peerless. He's so talented. And now, of course, he's doing indie stuff because uh, he can um Do whatever and, you want. yeah and but he was the main one for a chunk of it and you are also a fan of grant morrison's run with the, the yeah, new x new x-men because it's grant morrison mm-hmm. and, and so the costumes are pretty good frank the costumes Quietly. are pretty cool frank quietly on art is amazing and it's the one of the few times where they like hey what if we took this concept and moved it into the now times instead of like 60s times that's <laughs> uh i think for me i i've read some old man logan i, I know that's more yeah. of a logan stuff and that's more marvel universe but i'll, I'll count it because he is an x-man he's immune you're talking about uh mark miller's mm-hmm. original yeah it's pretty dark but overall yeah, i Miller. do like yeah i do like the how they're utilized um also i love how they're used in marvels and that's kurt Busick yeah. and alex ross I believe i should check that out kurt Busiek. oh we're finally i think we're finally getting the last issue of batman Creature of the Night. Anyway, I don't, I don't buy it. Yeah, Kurt I'll Mr. wait till I see it. Yeah, he's really talented. Because uh, Doomsday got got pushed to September fourth, so it's supposed to be this month. Because mm-hmm. of course, yeah, I know those are different creators, but that final issue, mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll ever get no. it. No, we'll get it. Yeah, yeah. God damn it, I'm gonna be. I started when I was twenty four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, it reminds me of um, Jonathan Hickman, who we're gonna be talking about soon. He did a comic called Shield. That got its last issue oh, yeah. like years, and I just picked up last issue. I didn't bother reading the rest of it leading up, and I just read that last issue. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't remember any of this shit. Oops, what I do this? No, in Marvels, the use of the X Men, it, it's such a cool moment for them because you see people kind of rally against these younger X Men. You got your Cyclops, your Angel, yeah. your your Beast, and Jean Grey, and they they know they know that they're mutants. Yeah, there's no secret. They're not like being lauded as something magical like Iron Man or Spider-Man or Captain America or whatever. Like, people hate them. And there's a great line in there where they're like, people are throwing shit at them and they're up against the wall. It's this really cool shot where it kind of looks like the cover of uh, Days of Future Past where, like, the whatever. It's a But it's more of a spotlight on these characters. And as they're walking away, you can see them getting angry. But Cyclops gets them to calm down and he says, don't 
don't worry, they're not worth it. Yeah. And, it and it allows this main character, who's a regular person, to have to think about what he meant by that. Like, they're not worth it. Uh, this this anger that we have, to, like, that you yeah. have towards them. And why do they think that? And it, it's this, the way that it kind of makes this guy spiral and have to think about, oh, shit, they're kids. Yeah. They have their thing. Like, they have their mutant ability that you you can be scared of. That's so... That, I mean, no. I know it's an, like a... Uh, uh, parallel for like racial issues yeah. but in this case this person shoots lasers out of their <laughs> yeah, eyes and it makes buildings melt down yeah, and he does that for, just by opening his eyes yeah, it's, it's not like a one for one comparison no it isn't yeah. so, uh, so you kind of lose it there Marvel I know you get pats on the back for that but yeah. take, it, take it down a little bit um, I do like that, that that's a really cool take on the X-Men and also there's a really harrowing story with just a mutant that you that is created for just that book and it's not mm-hmm. something that will ever that character will never pop up anywhere else yeah. it's just it's kind of heartbreaking like John Henry and Darren Cook's uh, Frontier love that though yeah. love it it's amazing um, and also he should integrate him into the main continuity it'd be cool he could I anyway. mean I don't know if it would really do great stuff for what they tried to tell with that story yeah. if he did come back but they do that with all characters yeah. so hey no biggie um but yeah and also avengers x-men i was super on board with avengers x-men and yeah. the axis event because i read those rather recently because it kind of just working my way through that that seemed like a pretty cool time at marvel when they yeah. were writing all these books like you had the new avengers you have like iron fist and luke cage and spider-man yeah. and wolverine being a part of the avengers team and for the x-men it's just all of it all of it seemed really cool the x-men are kind of dicks but like overall it's cool to see these two teams going up against each you know other. i said i talked about kevin feige with the avengers but i think the upswing with the avengers really had to start with brian bendis's new Avengers, because that was the first time I remember, like, oh, the Avengers, that's like Captain America and Thor and Iron Man. And then you're like, guess what? Avengers are coming back, but Spider-Man and Wolverine on the team. Oh, sign me up. I'm in. I, yeah, also, that yeah. first issue is cool as shit. Yeah. It's so it's so cool. And then you get to introduce the characters. Like, for me, it was an introduction to characters like Luke Cage. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know. And now it's like, oh, yeah, this is why he's great. And it's a, if they did that for, like, what if Brian Bendis was going to do a Justice League, but it was kind of pitched like that? And yeah. Like, I'd be like, that's... I don't know Super cool. what would the equivalent be. Or like Justice be? League International. Yeah, what would be the equivalent of... Because DC, DC's in a unique position where that Marvel is in now, where their premier team is their premier guys. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, you know what I mean? I don't know who they're in that situation, who their Spider-Man is, or who they're like... It'd be cool to have like a Naomi or a Sideways on the Justice League. Like, that'd be dope. That'd be really rad. Sideways would be cool. Yeah. He is pretty OP. He's pretty strong yeah so it'd be it'd be interesting to see i mean cyborg kind of like in a way or beast boy or something like that i really want the cyborg from doom patrol on everything yeah i really like that interpretation of that character but anyway we're talking about x-men um a lot of good runs so recently because the avengers sock has been on the rise x-men was owned by another the x-men film rights were owned by another company so um Marvel, probably more specifically like Perlmutter, kneecapped X-Men and Fantastic Four, uh, tried to replace, desperately tried to replace them with Inhumans. You know what? I will, that never clicked. It didn't, but I really miss that there are, no in, there are no Inhuman books being published right now besides Miss Marvel. Yeah. Or to, and Moon Girl. And I, I wonder Dinosaur. what they're going to do with Miss Marvel. Are they just going to make her a mutant now when they introduce her in the uh, series? Like, oh, like, you're just a mutant. It's kind of like Carol Danvers isn't an Inhuman, even though she's an Inhuman yeah, based yeah, yeah. on the, all the logic that they've set up. Yeah. Um, I know, if anyone wants to correct me, I don't care. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, maybe they'll do something like that. No, she went through the Terrigen Mist. Like, she's an Inhuman. Yeah. So we'll see. Like, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's tough. It's a bummer that... It got so muddled and everything, but I do like that the Inhumans led that led to new characters like Miss Marvel yeah. and um, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. I think that's a that's so cool that that young adult book is so popular. Yeah. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur has been going on forever. Yeah, I am. We might be seeing our first glimpse of mutant stuff in WandaVision. I just thought about that. Might be the first where, like, actually, turns out could be cool. They need to have Quicksilver make a cameo. Something. They gotta. Just like a, for a second. Come like in like a dream on. sequence. Yeah, or... something. But anyway, so um, the Marvel, com- the X-Men comics have been in a not great place for a very long time now. And so um, uh, Marvel picked up the phone and they called in one of their, their best boys, um, Jonathan Hickman, who did tremendous work on Fantastic Four. He did tremendous work on Avengers. A lot of his work um, influenced uh, Endgame and Infinity War. Um, and so they're like, hey, man, ba- they're basically giving him carte blanche to do what, near as I can tell, whatever he wants with X-Men. Uh, there, feels, there feels like there's very little editorial interference 
in this situation at all. Um, and so we're now three issues deep in what is essentially a 12 issue arc. It's between House of X and Powers of X or slash Powers of 10. Um, and what are you thinking? You know, we're in issue three and we, we now issue three of the 12 of the 12, which is issue two of House of X. If you were worried that the X-Men were going to stop being confusing, don't 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 worry, don't worry about it. Uh, we in Powers of X, we got a scene that's like this is the most important scene in any X Men comic ever, and we're not told what it means. This issue, we find out what it means, and we find out that more Metagger, uh, classic uh, X Men supporting character, uh, is, is is actually a mutant. <laughs> is way more important than you thought. She doesn't have an crazy more important mutant power, but we learn that. In a, in a light spoiler, we'll go a little bit of spoilers in this. Yeah. Um, just kind of also, this is meant to be kind of like, if you've ever been interested in X-Men, this might be kind of a fun place to jump in because they yeah. are they are going full into the weirdness. Yeah. But it could also, so far I'm intrigued yeah. by what they're setting up. We find out that she, her mutant ability is reincarnation. Yes. And it's not in the sense of like, I guess in, in Buddhism or in other belief systems that you reincarnate maybe into the ne- like basically Next when life, you die yeah. like in Avatar The Last Airbender as soon as you die you are born again so yes. you, you linearly your soul is experiencing things in one straight line yeah. for her point of view it loops back to when she was born she has the same parents yeah. um, and she has all the memories from the previous life so she's living in a time loop over and yeah. over again and she can die at different times if that happens yeah um but in this case, she's choosing to live her life, life in different ways. She's yeah. a, she meets Charles. She sees the X-Men exist. And we're seeing how each of her lives take different routes and her point of view on mutants and herself and yeah. her role in the world and what it means to be a mutant and a human in this big old arms race. Every single outcome so far has been scary bad, yeah. like super scary bad. And so what I'm getting, though, is yeah. that she has now shown... All of her lives to Xavier. Yes. In this timeline. Yes. Which I will say, like, because at the back of the issue, uh, they give uh, a time, the different timelines, which which I like the little, like, back matter and all that stuff. I like the way it's designed. Although apparently Jonathan Ingram has been plagued with, like, spelling issues with this new X language he's created. A little bit. Um, but I will say, when you look at all the lives, and then you look at so now she's on life ten. Uh, I think the, my favorite issue is she has an interaction with Destiny, which is an underused character, and this is the perfect way to use her because it's a character that can see the future. Um, actually, speaking of Nightcrawler, originally her and Mystique were supposed to be Nightcrawler's biological parents because Ooh. Mystique can change, so she was going to impregnate Destiny. And then Marvel was like, uh-uh, no, no, this is still the 60s or 70s. We're not going to let that fly. So who's the dad? Uh, it's Azazel or something. It's like a red version of Nightcrawler. It's oh, a from... demon or something. He's in the movies. It's Which But it's weird. red version looks cool? red version does look cool, but I do, especially with a scene like this, it's like, yeah, let those be. That's cool. Like, yeah. that's a cool. And originally, Colossal was supposed to be gay. And that was another editorial. I was like, mm-mm. Mm. And then in Ultimate Comics, he, he is gay. Shout out. Um, and now it doesn't exist. Um, but... I like that interaction. I like this is my favorite of the three issues we've got so far because it, it's the most grounded in character because we're following Moira, so it feels more vital. It mm-hmm. feel it, it feels less like a thought experiment and more like a, we're telling a story about this person, and it's interesting. I will say though, when you look at the timelines and you see like when when she marries Apocalypse and when she does these things, and now th- this one is the current continuity. It's like what? she has no plan on this timeline. What are you talking about? I mean, so She's far... She's just kind of dicking around. She, well, they've now found their own homeland, and they have their yeah. own language, and yeah. all the mutants have united, and even if they're bad or good, it's like you have a safe place here. Yeah. But in the future, we see that this really does, never goes well, so... Well, it does... At the end, a thousand years from now, it looks like mutants are in charge, and now they humans are slaves, so... Or at museum exhibits. There you go. Yeah, yeah it's... Uh, oh, it's Little Pickles. Yeah. 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 It's... um honestly like just you brought this up it's like it just stop looking at the future guys like you <laughs> at got a certain to. point you just got to live your lives i think someone i think all the pessimists are the ones who get the clairvoyant powers because mm-hmm. it's ridiculous i was a little bummed because one of her timelines looked like a days of future past and a part of me thought it would have been cool if like each one of her life like one is age of apocalypse one is, like she marries apocalypse but it's not the age of apocalypse timeline it's like 
that would have kind of been cool, right? If like all our timelines were the different t- X Men timelines. One of them was like clear event comics, like this all happened. Yeah, uh, like when they had the Phoenix Four, like X Men had the Phoenix Force. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That clearly happened, but that, that was, was like in timeline. five or was whatever. that five? Yeah. yeah, which doesn't mean this didn't happen. Yeah, because that was when she was just witnessing it. Yeah. So <laughs> isn't she David Haller's mama? I don't believe so. Not in the Legion TV show, but Uh-oh. I think in the comics, the they that is true. But also, we're going to check real quick. Uh, we're going to confirm. Here you go. Oh my gosh, what Legion character? Maybe, but I I could be wrong about that. But uh, and, and based on all the other timelines, it looks like maybe that's not true. But I vaguely remember that Legion. Oh my god, this is really. We're really dragging the episode down with me trying to figure this one out. Wait, wait, wait. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. Um, what did you think about this issue? Which issue? With Moira. I think it was really interesting. I think it, you bring up a great point that it finally... They Gabrielle were, Haller is, oh, is that, the mama. There you go. Yeah. Um, I like that they had a point of view. That yeah. was nice. It was super refreshing because I, it's super hard to... And also, everyone's acting like a fucking creep, and you yeah. can't figure out what the hell's happening. That doesn't fix it, but you know that, like, Moira, fuck, man, she's been through some shit, and this yeah. is not her fault, and she really can't fix it. Yeah. There's not really a clear for, way for her to stop doing this, and for her to be passive in all those lives is also maybe selfish of us, And but at the same time, she at one point, she was just a murderer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in it's two in, different timelines, she was just a straight-up murderer. I like it, too, because it's, you know, as people try to, like, reinvent stuff, I, this is a really interesting way of, like, I I think typically, like, a more traditional comic would be like, uh-oh, Moira got hit by the Phoenix Force, but for some reason now she's the most powerful Phoenix of the Phoenix Forces. This is a more, if you want to say this character is not who you thought they were and also is maybe the most important character in the X-Men line, this is a really unique and interesting way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's also, in the, I think, the part of the appeal of the X-Men is cool powers. And this is a unique, interesting power. And also, like a lot of X-Men powers, kind of a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Bad, like because there's no way. How do you plan for even no. Destiny? Kind of plans for it, but even then, you're like, yeah, it's a stretch if you figured out where Moira is. So it'll be interesting to to see how they because this is this is our prime timeline. So theoretically, we shouldn't get another re Moira situation. You know what I mean? Because then that would be a branch because mm-hmm. it's not part of the main. Unless you're re unless unless that's your gateway to like relaunching. The Marvel comic universe is through Moira, which I actually, now that I say it, I'd be totally down for. <laughs> kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, Efrain in the chat says, my mutant ability would be to embody video game character superpowers like Mario Spitfires. That's nice. pretty cool. Uh, I did ask the chat. I asked the Discord. Yes. Uh, favorite X-Men and why, and what powers would you want? What's a power that you haven't seen yet in the comics or in the movies that you it would be cool to see live? Everything they've done with Legion so far has been a really cool way to manifest all of his whole messed up situation yeah. but Lance also Stander, unique, unique uses of the whole X stuff that like echoes stuff that you know about like Sid can't touch people like Rogue but what that means for her is different than what, mm-hmm. what it means for Rogue uh, Landstander says uh, first response is Nightcrawler as my favorite Nightcrawler is my best boy says Echo Spider uh, Joelville Storm as the OG avatar of the X-Men yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool uh, it's Storm they've made her a mega level now right that's I think pretty, so yeah. and also you're controlling the whole global weather everyone's yeah. like maybe you make it smaller with like oh just you know, like a 25 mile radius. Like that's, that's insane. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, Nightcrawler's powers is always, is, is getting a lot of love. Brenda, I always liked rogue, but it's like 99% because Anna Anna Paquin, I like kitty because she has a dragon storm is who I want to be when I grow up. Kitty yeah. always has like the coolest power to me. I think phasing through stuff. If I had to like pick teleportation is, is, you know, top of the top of the pack, but yeah. He goes like a hell dimension before he pops out somewhere else. <laughs> also, brimstone smells like farts, so there's no yeah. way you don't constantly smell like farts. Yeah, and no one's ever thought thought about talked about that, huh? Yeah, um, We're not, we haven't di- di- dived into that, huh? Um, but phasing through that ability is super fucking cool. Yeah. Always a big fan of that. No one can hit you if you time it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah unless it's right. instinctual. Uh, 
do you have to see, uh don't you have to be seen see the place you have to go there for oops i don't know how what the kind of question was being written there i was reading it as i was uh looking at it for the first time uh danny mentions mohawk storm uh which i'm a big fan of storm with the mohawk as well uh gene gray's powers would be good can read minds and move things uh with your mind which also lets you fly i think moving things with the mind cool, cool. being able to read people's minds you're gonna hate no, it thank you and you're also, gonna hate it and also it's no one's of, gonna like you yeah and all you can't you know what it's kind of a tricky position where you have to tell people you can do that yeah because if you don't and people find out you're a fucking creep but also it's not your fault it's like daredevil you yeah. should tell people that you can constantly hear them <laughs> and smell them yeah ew yeah. yuck you can taste in the air if they're having like oh you have an infection yuck okay, dude yeah, yeah. don't ew close calm your, down close your mouth yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or close your eyes. Wait, I'm sorry. Uh, you can't see. But um, uh, I really think we need to see some new mutant powers on screen. I always liked Cypher's ability, although it's not very cinematic when Cypher combines with Warlock. They make one of my favorite pairings. Uh, Danny as a Valkyrie is also very cool. Danny as a Valkyrie. Who's Danny? Danny Moonstone? Moonstone? Moon, mm. Moondust? Kidney Stone. The Kidney Stone? You Something get it. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Banshees, uh, we... What about having Banshee's powers, but then you can, uh, uh, and then you can have the power of Scream Flight? No thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blow out all the windows you go by for, so that you can fly. Isn't this cool? No, it's not cool. <laughs> it's annoying. Also, you can't fly that high because you need to be able to push off of something. Yep. It's not, it's kind of flight. Yeah, I'm, I was fine when they got rid of him after first class. I didn't mind the actor they got. No, him. he's great. He's, yeah. been, he's been in a ton of great stuff. He's I, in Get Out. He was in. Bum, uh, they showed that he died off screen. Yes. You're like, uh oh, isn't everyone sad? Banshee's dead. Oh no, no, we all lost Banshee. And the girl who has night, uh, like dragonfly wings. Yeah. Oh, oh no. no, she died. She like spits little fire. We're getting fireballs. some love for multiple man, which is which is he's had some interesting runs. I think Peter David did the X Factor run that kind of like put him on the map. Uh, Darwin, who his death in first class was dumb as shit. It was super. Every, literally everyone was mad about that because it's like, oh, he doesn't get a cool training montage. He just gets one moment where it's like, oh, if I dunk my head underwater, I can grow gills. Or if mm-hmm. I pick up a rock, I can become solid. You're like, yeah. wow, shit, you got the fucking coolest yeah. ability ever. And they're like, yeah, we can't have that on screen. Yeah, and also he was the one black character. Boom. Yeah. Kill a, him. There it First goes. one. First one that goes. That's so... But he had such a cool ability. Yep. By the way, keeping Kevin Bacon a secret for that movie was... Great marketing. Yep. Super cool. It was a fun surprise. Like, wait, what the fuck? Why is Kevin Bacon here? Yeah, wait, what, what's he doing? Uh, Ro- yes, hello, Rogue. Thank you very much. I want her power. I don't care if it alienates me. Uh, alienates me. You can all get hacked. Oh, and a power I've never seen would be the power to manipulate people's feelings, both individual and mass amounts of people. Give them, give me that, and let me introduce you all to your new world leader. But don't worry, like all villains, I'd be doing it for what I think is good. Uh-huh. I mean, to be fair, that's like an empath. Yeah. And we did Mantis, the chick with the antennas, yeah, can yeah, do yeah. that, which is nice that they kind of like tone down her abilities like psychic sometimes reads minds yeah. sometimes the other stuff it's like no she's an empath which yeah. is and still no, a really, cool really power. works when she touches you on touches you mm-hmm. yeah, yeah which i think empath is a cool underrated power yeah if you could make you know like yeah if you're in a bad mood i can make you happy mm-hmm. uh but if you're a fucking piece of shit it's like oh here's a panic attack <laughs> <laughs> enjoy that it's why like, don't you it's like what you're gonna sue me i gave you a panic attack it's like i didn't like what it's gonna cause trauma no you're fine you're good to go multiple man is interesting but like it always gets in those stories where it's like wait am i real or is yeah. the other one real it's like i don't need that kind of shit <laughs> uh, so what would you want uh, if I, uh, I wasn't supposed to pick. Um, oh. ooh, ooh, I'd go with. Um, that sounds like a test audio sound. Ooh, phasing through stuff. Phasing, phasing through, through cool. stuff, and I want to be able to make other things phase too. It would be attempting to say healing factor, just because a lot less stress in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean. I will also say this, by the way. I think something cool that they could do in the MCU with Wolverine is have his healing factor. Because uh, one of my favorite versions of Wolverine is Patch, where he has the eye. So it's like, yeah, if Wolverine loses his eye, he'll grow it back, like a couple weeks to a month. Mm-hmm. And it's still a healing factor because it grows back. You know what I mean? So maybe make it not as instantaneous. So it's like, yeah, he still has body armor because one, it hurts, and two, it still has to grow back. <laughs> Deadpool, it hurts. Yeah, it Deadpool is instantaneous. And also, it's funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, keep Deadpool that Because I, I think the traditionally in the comics, Deadpool's healing factor is more robust than Wolverine's. Uh, it's like the one thing he has. 
Uh, and I think they've officially made him Weapon 9 because it's like he's one of the fuck-ups before before they got it right with Wolverine, which I don't know if that timing works out, but sure. Not really, but it is a fun idea. Yeah. And we already have his origin movie, which explains that's not what it is. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. one that audiences know, it's almost not associated with Weapon X at all. Or even mutants. Like they really? Kind of, they not say, really. They say mutants, but you're yeah. like... If you said, like, it was Super Soldier Serum, you're like, oh, okay. And yeah, then sure, everyone yeah. would be like, that made the Hulk, so why wouldn't it make Deadpool? Like, and it turns you, whatever you have on the inside, so maybe he looks gross on the inside. Who's to say? I like Deadpool 2 a lot. Um, healing factor, but I've also thought Gambit's powers were cool. Like, they're not cool in any practical, the way I live my life sense. But if I were an X-Men and I were fighting people, it'd be cool. As to- a normal person, it blows. Yeah, a normal person. Uh oh! I touched the micro. Everyone, get out of here. Yeah, yeah everyone, everyone I can't. Turn, I, can't what, I can't turn it off. I can't undo it. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's awful. That's an awful superpower. Mm-hmm. I mean, cool in X Men. Yeah, terms, if you're like, but yeah. if you were a regular guy that you got that, you'd immediately be on a watch list. <laughs> yeah, basically, and my hero academia. It's basically X Men. Like they're mutants. Mm-hmm. People with quirks are mutants. Eighty percent of the population. Insane. Super cool, yeah. gang. You should be watching. Oh, that's oh. anime we watch. That's a show we have on Patreon. Little clips go up. On youtube.com slash only I totally zoned out because I saw Caitlin Conway in the chat said phasing through stuff. Sam wants to be the Flash so bad. Yes, and that, but I didn't say Quicksilver's powers because I changed, I changed my mind. But yeah. I still want an aspect of the Flash's powers. Thank you. It'd be so cool. It'd be cool. Yeah, I wouldn't use doors. And if I stop, it's like uh, that's a good joke in Civil War when Vision walks through the wall. Yeah, yeah. And he's yeah. like, use the door. He's like, but it was open already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good <laughs> Still enough. Still creepy. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be creepy, but I don't want to use doors anymore. Yeah, fair enough. It's always you locked. have to get a little bit of floating too, because otherwise you just float through the earth. You know, uh, how Kitty's just kind of always floating around when she phases. You got to time it right. You haven't gotten to a certain character on My Hero Academia, which is. They, I'll tell you this, the yeah. character has phasing, yeah. and when they explain all the bad stuff that can come with it, um, and how concentrated he has to be at all times to make it work, it's pretty crazy. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm into that. I'm into that. And also his eyes look different from regular people's oh, for no discernible reason. Wouldn't mind having uh, that Bird Boy's dark shadow ability for my hero. Yeah. Why? Just because it looked cool? It looked cool. All right, that's fine. And he looks cool. He does look yeah. cool. You want the bird head? You know. I he doesn't mean, have teeth. How do you eat? Good question. I mean, and then, but then he has a boy body. He does. At least the, there's a cop that has a cat head, but he also has like a fur. A dog head. Dog head. Or is there a cat There head? is a dog head. There's a, like, chief of police has a dog head, but then there's just this random cop that's like a cat. I love it. It makes yeah. me happy. Hey, you know what? That sounds like an X-Men comic to me. Yep. Uh, they've been a big inspiration. It'd be cool to see them with Jonathan Hickman and also with the MCU just kind of like... Getting their foot in back. Inhumans yep. didn't work out. Not don't stray away. You if you want to try Inhumans again, go for it. The Saladim Ahmed and Christian ooh blanking on the artist's name. Apologies. Yeah. Uh, the Black Bolt series. They got one in Eisner was nominated at the very least. It's a very very good series. So I miss my I miss my Inhumans. Try bringing them back lightly. You yeah. know, throw Medusa on the Avengers. That's cool. I think we got Lockjaw on the Guardians, right? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Death of the Inhumans, they ran off and did their own thing. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, they'll come back soon. They'll get their own rebirth. Jonathan Hickman, work on them, please. Yeah. Please. That, that actually them. be a good fit. That'd be a good fit. Uh, but, gang, hope you enjoyed. Let us know your favorite X-Men on our Discord. Go to patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers for more content. Follow us at Sam Basher at DJ Talks Trash. And until next time, be good to each other, my dudes. Bye-bye. Bye.